You're listening to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, episode 128. Welcome to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, where we bring you engaging conversations about wildlife and conservation issues from all across the globe. I'm your host, Matt Podolsky. Already this summer, we've experienced record-breaking heat waves. As I prepare this episode for release on our nation's Independence Day, it's over 100 degrees where I live in Boise, Idaho. Of course, every time I see news of record-breaking temperatures, I'm reminded of our rapidly changing climate. But these days, I'm also reminded of something else. The solar panels that were recently installed on my roof. Long, hot days mean that those panels are generating more energy, actually more than we can use often. So today, we are bringing you a group discussion about rooftop solar. Here in Boise, Idaho, we have a fantastic campaign going on right now called Solarize the Valley. The campaign is run by the Boise-based nonprofit organization Snake River Alliance, and its goal is to promote and encourage more people to install solar panels on their roof. So we are joined today by an excellent panel of guests who are involved in this campaign. Hello there. My name is Micah Hornback. I'm a PV Technical Sales Representative for Alt Energy Solar. Uh, we're a grassroots solar uh, solar company right out of Garden City, Idaho. Uh, we've been in Idaho for about six years now, and uh, we've been doing solar installations nationally for a little bit over 12. Uh, we partnered with the Snake River Alliance uh, last year and this as well for the Solarize the Treasure Valley campaign um, for a mutual partnership to promote um, solar, solar installations in the Boise community in the greater Treasure Valley area. My name is Rick Just, and I'm one of Micah's customers, essentially, and a participant in uh, Solarize the Valley. Last year, we've had solar panels for about uh, 16, 18 months now. I'm Liz Paul, and I am running the Solarize the Valley campaign for the Snake River Alliance. I'm a private contractor, and I'm excited to be working with people to uh, help them learn more about installation of rooftop solar. And I'm Rinda Just. And I'm uh, married to Rick Just and a happy homeowner with um, solar panels on my roof. Fantastic. Well, thanks to all of you for being here. And I'll just mention real briefly that I am also a participant in in last year's Solarize the Valley campaign. So um, I'm also a a, a client of Alt Energy, and um, we got solar panels up on our roof uh, just a few months ago. So yeah, we're super excited to uh, be a part of that campaign. And I'm really excited that you guys are are continuing uh, this this campaign um, and still trying to encourage more people to get rooftop solar on their homes, because I think that's really important. So let's start off this conversation by just talking about Snake River Alliance as, as an organization. Uh, I mean, what's, what's the mission and vision of this organization? The Snake River Alliance is a nonprofit grassroots community group founded right here in Boise, Idaho in 1979. We are one of the oldest grassroots organizations in Idaho. And uh, the people who came together on a park bench in uh, Julia Davis Park uh, one evening, and they uh, were worried about the fact that the uh, federal government was actually disposing of nuclear waste over the Snake River Plain aquifer, uh, nuclear waste created by uh, nuclear power plant experimentation and uh, other 
both commercial and defense-related missions um, having to do with nuclear materials. So, uh, so these folks got together and they founded the Snake River Alliance and they went after the federal government and really ripped aside the, all the veils of secrecy that have been shrouding all the nuclear activity in eastern Idaho. And they, uh, at the same time, were promoting a clean energy. And uh, all these years later, the Snake River Alliance is still at it. We are Idaho's nuclear watchdog. We have just been uh, on their back now to the Department of Energy, um, you know, since 1979 to make sure that citizens had access to the information about what was going on um, at the Idaho National Lab. And we are the ones that have really been pushing and trying to make sure that there's funding to address the problems of nuclear contamination that persist at that site and to make sure that more nuclear waste or nuclear facilities aren't uh, built in Idaho and continuing to really fight uh, for clean energy. We think uh, we were the ones that really blew the whistle on Idaho Power to letting everybody know how much of their power came from coal because those plants aren't in Idaho. So people think that Idaho Power doesn't have any coal in their portfolio when indeed they have a large segment that's coal. And uh, coal has a lot of problems with it. Um, Probably the most significant these days is the emissions of greenhouse gases and the contribution toward climate change. So the Snake River Alliance uh, has been a a public policy advocacy group and getting citizens involved. We take citizens to the State House and to the Idaho Public Utilities Commission and to Washington, D.C., and uh, we have lawsuits and all kinds of different ways for people to get involved in that those very important public policy decisions. And it's a membership organization, so everybody can join. Fantastic, fantastic. So how did the Snake River Alliance get involved in promoting rooftop solar? The Snake River Alliance was approached by um, Chad Worth. And Chad became a, and he said, you know, why aren't you doing a solarized program in Idaho? And we're like, well, what's a solarized program? And, uh, and he explained uh, that uh, starting in Portland, Oregon, a number of years ago, that um, neighbors came together and said, well, you know, if we could get, if we can all band together and, and work with the solar installers, maybe we could get a better deal. And um, the solar, solarized idea of um, having private public partnerships, basically, um, to make it more accessible, easier, simpler for people to install rooftop solar. Um, And we looked into it. We thought Chad had a good idea, and the board of directors of Snake River Alliance looked into it and uh, decided that we wanted to do more than just encourage people to write letters and go to the Public Utilities Commission's meeting and stuff like that. We wanted to really help people do what, at the end of the day, is really needed, which is to uh, increase Idaho's production of clean and renewable power. And rooftop solar was definitely the way to go. And uh, so we're really excited to be doing this. And um, it's it's definitely uh, was a change in 2016 out of our traditional wheelhouse. Um, but uh, Chad and a number of other volunteers really made it um, it made it easy for the Snake River Alliance to take on this new this new project, and it's it's really been a great success. I guess what I'm curious about, and I mean, this is kind of a question like for for all of us to think about, is you know why rooftop solar versus industry scale renewable energy projects? There's nothing to say you can't, but 
in terms of what were the Snake River Alliance, what we're really capable of doing, it was that individual consumer's decision, individual homeowner or business owner's decision uh, to put renewable, clean solar power, you know, rooftop or maybe sometimes ground-mounted solar panels, you know, right into their power system for their home or their business. It was just much more accessible. Now, the Snake River Alliance has been a strong supporter of um, the larger commercial uh, renewable energy um, uh, facilities, as well, of course, as conservation and energy efficiency. We've been a big promoter to make sure that people are also reducing and communities are reducing their, their power demand. I'm curious to hear from the two folks who also have solar panels up on their their roof right now. I mean, what was it about like having the panels, the solar panels sort of on site, like attached to your physical building um, versus because you could just pay a little bit more money to Idaho Power um, and 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 essentially be paying for power that comes from renewable sources. Well, that's certainly true today. When we started talking about it, that wasn't an option. Uh, so uh, we were just doing what we could. And uh, one thing that you can do as an individual is put it on your roof. I mean, is there something like, you know, is there something like that that is, you know, on like a gut level just appealing to like ha- having the production source right there on site? This is Rinda. And absolutely. Um, in in so- some forms of energy are best distributive and and so rooftop solar is it's very local um you don't have to you know transmit the energy from point a to point b um and so there's just something nice about being able to generate the power that you use right where you live um and you know yes you can purchase um a share in the, the solar projects that are going out there but but that you're still paying Idaho Power, who's still using coal. Um, and, you know, we did it not so much for economic benefits, but because we knew it was the right thing to do. And we were looking at solar and had gotten a couple of bids before the Solarize the Valley project got started. And so when that got started um, and, and we looked into that, it was clearly the best option for us. And it is, it's just great. I mean... It's right there. It's on our roof. It's making power and running my house as long as the sun is shining. And even when it isn't, it's creating some. And it's just really nice to have it right there. And there's, you know, no power poles. There's no nothing. It's just there. This is Micah from uh, from All Energy. And we were just talking with Rick and Rinda earlier, and they said they had a, uh, they had a friend uh, ask them uh, a question about their, uh, about their solar energy. They said, is it, does it feel any difference using solar energy that you're producing on your home? Or is it somehow any difference um, than using regular energy? And, of course, it's, uh, it, it smells better. It, uh, <laughs> it, it tastes cleaner. And there's really no question whatsoever as to exactly where that power is coming from. Because if you are even, as uh, Radio Boise is, part of this uh, 
energy or part of this program to purchase renewable energy um, from the solar farm that Idaho Power is currently building. You still don't know for certain that the energy that you are pulling from the grid is coming from that clean, uh, that clean technology. Uh, it could very well still be pumping in that dirty coal, uh, dirty, uh, nasty, stinky coal, uh, coal power. Um, but when you have it right there on top of your roof, there's no question whatsoever you're feeding that bad boy directly onto your bus bar of your electrical panel, and all of your appliances are using that, and you're pumping that clean energy to your friend's house, um, strengthening, uh, strengthening the neighborhood, the integrity of the neighborhood's grid itself. Uh, and especially when battery technology comes into play, um, that'll be even even more useful. That's a really good point. And I do kind of want to get into like the logistics of like how how the panels work and like how that energy is distributed. Before we go there, let's jump into the logistics of how the Solarize the Valley campaign works, essentially, right? The idea behind the campaign is that um, you know you're able to offer, um, a lower price point, right? So, I mean, explain to me a little bit, like, how that works. So I've talked to hundreds of people now over the last couple of years who have signed up to participate in this program. And the first question I always ask is, well, have you looked into solar before? What do you know about it? You know, what's your motivation? And I can tell you those answers have uh, been not just the same answer from everybody. It's been a, almost a different answer from everybody. And, and a lot of the people... Um, have not looked into solar at all before and really are total beginners. And I just always, you know, just say congrats, you know, to myself, you know, just congratulations. We got somebody in the door who wouldn't have otherwise come in the door and looked into solar. And that is the big victory right there. So, so, and it's so easy to get in the door. All people have to do is go to our website, which is Solarize the Valley. Dot org, and we have a really simple form. They just have to you know, fill out their information about where they live and what kind of roof they have. And the complicated part is they do need to get us their power bill, and we have an upload. Anyway, so that we get their power bill, and we get you know, their, their information of where their home is, and, and they're in the door to get a totally free site assessment. And we have two fabulous contractors, and the way that we decided on who those contractors were going to be is it was an open bidding process. We put out a request for proposal, and we had experts, you know, to have, to get the right, um, you know, parameters together for that, and then to interview the companies that came through and applied, you know, to be part of the program. And of course, it's like, well, who's going to come in with the cheapest price, and the best equipment, and good service. Um, and the capacity, because we didn't want everybody uh, who came in our program to not be able to get their panels on for three years or something. You had to be able to, you know, use, run a volume. We had 49 residential installations last year. That, that was a lot of volume. Um, so this year we have two companies. We have Alt Energy, Micah here in the studio today with Howdy. us. And we also have Bluebird Solar and Light. And so when people come in to our program by signing up at solarizethevalley.org, then they're assigned to one of those two contractors. They're both using the exact same prices and the same equipment. And the bid isn't just like, you know, a piece of paper with some numbers scribbled onto it. It's a full-on assessment. How much power, you know, does your home use? Are you going to be making changes and reducing your power because you're becoming more efficient? Or are you going to be maybe using more power because you'd be purchasing like an electric vehicle or you know, adding on a room in the, in the next couple of years. 
And so you get a really personalized um, assessment. How many panels would you need to meet 100% of your power needs or almost 100%? And, of course, you don't have to. You could do 20% this year and come back in the future and do more. Uh, any amount of solar power is beneficial. So the contractors just work directly with the homeowners to, uh, you know, work out what's going to work well for them. You know, they just double check, of course, you know, how much shade is there, which is where is the roof um, oriented, um, what kind of roof do they have, and uh, and then it's up to the up to the homeowner to decide. You know, is this right? Is this right for us? And and we have. Uh, gotten a lot of people in the door who said, I've thought about this for so long, but, you know, my wife and I saw this and was like, okay, we're just, you know, we are now going to do it. And, you know, it just gets people just that little bit more incentive. Some people are real shoppers and they'll come into the program, oh, I've already had five bids and I want a bid from you guys. Other people come in and it's like, oh, I'm so glad you've taken all the legwork out of it. You know, sign me up. This is good. You know, I, I believe you. This is, you know, I trust you guys and this has been a great experience. Uh, so that's the way that's the way it works. And you know, this year for the 2017 program, people need to sign up to get that assessment by the end of July, which is July 31st, and then they'll have all the way until Halloween, October 31st, before they do have to uh, sign the contract for the installation. So it is this is a sale. This is not the normal price that these companies would offer, um, and so it's a limited time offer. And again, it's just that same thing. You just want to incentivize people to look into it, to learn about it, and hopefully it works out well, and they'll actually you know, make that purchase and install that clean um, rooftop energy. Awesome. So, I mean, the, the, the idea here, I mean, one of the central motivators is that through this campaign and through organizing within the community, you're able to offer a lower price point, right? Um, because you're essentially, you know, turning to these these solar installers, Alt Energy, um, and saying, like, we can guarantee a certain amount of people are going to sign up and express interest, right? So we're going to increase the amount of business you get in exchange for you offering a lower price, right? Uh, yeah, and in, in addition to uh, what Liz was saying, Alt, Alt Energy has the capacity to do so because we, as I already mentioned, are kind of a grassroots organization. We don't do a lot of that expensive commercial billboard marketing that you'll see with other uh, larger-scale solar companies. Um, we pretty much operate by word of mouth um, with people like Rick and Rinda who are willing to tell their neighbors um, the great experience that they had with their installation um, process with uh, uh, the respectful, well uh, solid communication of our, uh, of our installers. Um, and we uh, are able to be lean, mean, just have a nice uh, quality NABSEP certified engineering team um, and administration, NABSEP certified installers, um, and not spend all that extra overhead on going to door-to-door -to -door, uh, marketing and knocking on people's uh, door and asking them if they'll buy solar. We're just trying to depend on the people um, to trust trust their neighbors and pass on that good work. For sure. And you're also benefiting from this campaign. I mean, essentially, Snake River Alliance is is running a marketing campaign for you, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And because Snake River Alliance um, is so efficient, especially Liz Paul, uh, very, very <laughs> well connected and uh, very uh, intelligent strategist on that front, uh, we've seen a significant uh, boost in our economics over the last two years. Um, we've actually um, increased our gross revenue by 60% from uh, 2015 to 2016. Um, and then we're looking at a 25% uh, increase in revenue uh, this year as well. We've added five jobs uh, over the last two years. 
Um, we've uh, included two new engineers to our crew, uh, two new installers, and we just hired a new installer yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, and also created my, uh, my brand new position. Uh, I like to use all this sophisticated terminology and call it a PV technical sales representative uh, because that's what I got my NAPSEP certification in. Um, so all this was possible through the logistics and the marketing uh, and the partnership with Snake River Alliance. Um, and we have mutual goals and we, we really respect this organization and we respect the fact that they respect other grassroots organizations rather than going to the big, uh, big commercial um, outfitters out there. Um, they look for, for the quality, um, quality installers who are connected in the community. And these are, this is Rinda again, these are good jobs, and you know what? They can't be outsourced. Um, these are good jobs in the local economy, and they're clean jobs. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we feel good about the fact that we've got clean energy, but we also feel good about the fact that we've helped the Boise economy um, and, uh, you know, we're hiring professionals, we're hiring labor, and those are jobs that can only be done here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You're definitely a very fruitful partnership. So really cool to, to learn about how that's come together. Um, so Rick and Rinda, you know, uh, a couple questions for you guys. I mean, you know, Liz was talking about, uh, you know, sort of the different perspectives that, that people come to her with um, regarding, uh, you know, installing rooftop solar on their homes. Where were you guys? You know, when did you first start thinking about installing solar panels on, on your roof? And, you know, at, at what stage in that process, you know, what was it about the Solarize campaign that, that perked your interest? Sure. We, we, we've been talking about it for years. But uh, and as solar prices come down, it, it, we started talking more and more seriously. And we downsized uh, about 18 months ago and moved to a, a little bit smaller house and started thinking about doing a little remodeling here and there and projects. So we thought, let's get a bid. And the first bid we got was a little higher than we wanted to pay. And then we got a second bid, and it was pretty darn good. And then SolarRise came along, and they beat, beat the, the best bid. And uh, it, it, it really pushed us over the edge, as it were, because it, it uh, seemed to make good sense economically. That wasn't really... It was a little bit of a barrier, but it's not really why we're getting into it. We, we're, we want to get into it because it is the right thing to do. We, we would just as soon use the, that big sun up there to, to power things than to dig up the things that the sun has done a few eons ago and pour them into the atmosphere. And, you know, when we, you know, we'd, we'd gotten the two bids and, and, uh, and yeah, you know, it was, I mean, we're not well-to-do and we're both retirees from the state. So, you know, it wasn't like we made big bucks during the time we worked. And, you know, we've got a modest retirement income, but, you know, with power, you know, you're, you're going to pay for it at some point. And by paying for it all now, <laughs> um, you know, there's actually a fair chance that, you know, that we'll actually end up paying a lot less for our power than other folks do. Because Idaho power's rates aren't necessarily always going to stay the same. And we've got cheap power in Idaho because of hydro. And, yes, it may be clean, but if you look at what we've done to our fisheries and, and a lot of other natural resources, it's not harmless. And um, so it just kind of... It just kind of made sense, and and uh, you know, so we just we decided we'd bite the bullet, and we borrowed money from our credit union on a home equity loan, and you know that will be paid off, and we'll probably be um, ahead of the game probably within eight to ten years, 
Um, and our panels are guaranteed for 25. They'll probably last a whole lot longer than that. So, you know, once, we, once we've paid that off, it's all, it's all gratis, you know, to us. But it's just that we chose to make, the, we chose to make it up front rather than pay for it monthly um, like you do the power company. Um, and, you know, this way we've, it's, it, we actually, you know, acor according to the information that, uh, that we got while we were looking at this, it's one of the best investments you can make. If you've got, you know, 10 to 20,000 bucks that you don't really know what to do with, you will actually do better investing it in rooftop solar than you will putting in the stock market. Almost a third of what we paid, we're going to get back in tax uh, right off the bottom line. In mm -hmm. taxes. We actually mm -hmm. already have. Right, right. Yeah, and and I mean, I, I think that's I think that's a really important like way to think about it, right? Um, and of course, you know, yeah, most people don't have ten or twenty thousand dollars laying around, but you know, a lot of people do have the ability to to take out a loan, and and there are you know uh, uh, loan uh, programs specific to renewable energy projects that you can get here in Idaho, which is what what I did. That's how we got our panels installed. Was we went through one of those state. Uh, renewable energy loan programs um, to get the money to install our panels, um, and we actually didn't. So we, so um, for our home, we actually took you know uh, uh, the um, the proposal that Alt Energy gave us last year. Um, you know they gave us an estimate based on what they thought it would take to get us you know to net zero roughly, um, and it was um, and it was more money than we could get through that loan program. So we actually decided to to cut that in half. So we decided to do half the number of panels um, that was projected to get us to net zero, um, and then you know take some steps to like reduce our usage. Um, and uh, I mean I, I I'm actually surprised like we're we're actually closer to net zero than than I thought we would be with just half. Uh, with just eight panels on our house. When you start thinking about it, it, it sort of shifts your, your perspective on that, right? Of like, right. you know, like, you know, well, you ha like people have access to these loan programs um, to, you know, the ability to get a loan. Like, why not just pay off towards that loan on a monthly basis instead of paying the exactly. utility? Yeah, right? exactly. Mm -hmm. I'd a lot rather write a check to my credit union mm -hmm. than I would write a check to Idaho Power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Idaho Power has, you know, they've made, we have net metering, which means that anything extra, extra we produce, they get. Um, over the course of the year, if we produced more than we totally used, they've gotten it, you know, for free. They've, we've generated some power for them for the grid. But, you know, if we, we generate more in the summer than we do in the winter, and, you know, we can bank off of that, off of that net metering. So, it, you know, it, it's, it's really great. And, and Idaho Power has made that net metering available, and we had no problem working with them to, to come and install a net meter. And it's just like magic. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> it's great. Every, week, every month when we get that power bill for $5, um, which is the meter fee, um, you know, it's just like, yeah. And when we're having those 100-degree days, I can actually not feel guilty if I kick my air conditioner down from 78 to 76. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not keeping my house at a refrigerator level. We didn't really, it didn't really change the way we use electricity at our house. We've, we had already replaced everything with an LED bulb. You know, we have automatic lights that go on and off. In a lot of our rooms, we... You know, we're, we're pretty fanatical about that. Um, so it didn't change the way we live, but it made it so that I don't feel the least bit guilty if I decide to take advantage of a couple of extra degrees of cooling in the <laughs> summer. Um, and, and that's just, it, it just makes it 
makes home more comfortable. I no longer feel guilty if I can't hang my clothes out on the line because whatever is taking to dry them, I'm making right there on the premises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about net metering and, and, and what that means, um, because this is sort of the standard way to, to set up uh, a rooftop solar system. Let's not assume that everybody sort of know how that, how, how, how that works. I mean, can, can you guys sort of break down for me, you know, what, what the process is? Absolutely. Absolutely, Matt. So, currently, Idaho Power has a uh, pretty, pretty solid uh, net meter agreement um, for the uh, state of Idaho that it provides pow- uh, power to. Um, the, the basic premise of net metering is that Idaho Power will, um, after you get a solar installation, they're going to come and uh, install a bi-directional um, net meter. So this net meter uh, credits you for every kilowatt hour that you produce on your rooftop, but your home does not use immediately. And you take that, and that kilowatt hour actually um, goes down the transmission lines onto the grid. And those kilowatt hours are banked um, with Idaho Power for every uh, for every kilowatt hour that you produce. You will actually see at the bottom of your uh, at the bottom of your power bill how many you've been credited for that given month. And oftentimes it's the uh, summer months that you're going to be crediting the majority of those kilowatt hours, uh, so that you can use those uh, those kilowatt hour credits in the winter months uh, when the sun is lower in the horizon and you're just not getting as much solar production. So the, the basic premise is that you're using Idaho Power's grid as a battery backup, uh, which is a great deal for $5 a month. It's much cheaper than uh, a grid-tied battery backup system itself. Uh, so as long as they maintain this agreement, uh, I think that Idaho Power is doing, doing a great job uh, to at least accommodate solar under uh, the current, uh, current circumstances and political climate. Are any of you guys aware of like the the process um, by which Idaho Power set up and approved net metering? To the best of my knowledge, uh, there's a there was a federal act called the PERPA Act, uh, an acronym which I couldn't necessarily break down for you at the exact moment, uh, but I'm fairly sure it was enacted in the uh, in the 70s, and the and it essentially was a mandate. Um, from the federal government that states or privatized power companies um, purchase renewable energy um, from either commercial or residential producers um, under what is known as a net metering agreement. Um, This agreement doesn't necessarily uh, play out the same way in each and every state. Um, There's other states such as uh, I think Utah that'll pay you a little bit less um, per kilowatt hour, they actually pay, cut a check for you um, after you've banked a certain amount of credits at the end of every month, and that will actually pay you less than what they charge per kilowatt hour for residential customers. Um, and then you'll have other other states who will actually have not met their renewable energy quotas, and they will pay you more money for your renewable energy uh, in order to meet those uh, meet those federal quotas that are mandated under the PURPA Act. And Idaho Power just so happens uh, to choose a net metering agreement in which they did decide to give a um, just a straight kilowatt hour uh, to kilowatt hour trade off between um, residential commercial. Um, and also their transmission um, in order to um, to satisfy that net that net meter agreements. So it's important to remember that Idaho Power is a publicly regulated monopoly. And so it's not just like any old company out there um, that can just pretty much answer to the 
to the demands of its shareholders. It's publicly regulated, and in Idaho, and in Idaho, then that would be the Idaho Public Utilities Commission. The role of the Public Utilities Commission is to make sure that Idaho Power is serving the greater good and not just delivering high returns to their to their shareholders. So, in other words, they can't um, just keep jacking up prices because then lower income people wouldn't be able to have power. Um, they uh, can't just pass through all of their costs automatically to their uh, rate payers. There's a whole, you know, industry of lawyers that deal with all this uh, uh, regulations uh, through the Public Utilities Commission. And the net metering agreement is one of those um, things that's regulated by the Idaho P- Public Utilities Commission. And as Mike has said, the federal government made it mandatory that publicly regulated utilities like Idaho Power had to provide the the opportunity for people to produce power on their homes and still be tied to the grid or be part of the Idaho Power system. And the Snake River Alliance, I mean, we think the grid is a great thing. And really this combination of uh, some uh, centralized power production and then the decentralized rooftop and other clean energy production is it could really could be the best of the, the, the best that we can get, and it provides um, a lot of reliability because at the end of the day, you, people want to be able to have power they can rely on, and it's a public safety issue, public health issue, as well as just a convenience issue, and um, so to be able to produce your own power, and if a lot of people are producing their own power, then it also, especially in the summertime in Idaho, it really reduces the demand on the grid in those peak hours. The peak hours for power use can be many times what the normal, you know, pull from the grid is. So, and that forces utilities to have to invest in all these plants that only get used a small time of the year and and, uh, and they don't necessarily want to do that. It's not good for anybody. So to be able to have um, rooftop solar, that takes some of the pressure off of it, as was said earlier. Then we also have advantage of not being having to move power, you know, hundreds or hundreds, maybe a thousand miles even sometimes from one place to another. Sometimes Idaho uh, power has to import power uh, from, you know, California or Washington state a long way away sometimes. And that's just not efficient to move power that far. So the Public Utilities Commission is really responsible to look out for the public good. And that includes how clean is our air? You know, what is our climate going to look like? And how does our energy production uh, business, you know, how does that relate to uh, climate change, uh, as well as fair pricing? And so Snake River Alliance is working closely with Idaho Power and the Public Utilities Commission to make sure that at the end of the day, Idaho Power customers have access to either producing or purchasing clean, renewable energy and we feel like that's going to be the best thing for our environment and our economy and basically the future of the planet. I mean, I'm really curious about like the connections between, you know, Idaho Power, the Public Utilities Commission and state government and the state legislature here in Idaho um, and like how these different sort of political bodies like influence each other and the connections between like this privately traded company that that is regulated by a government agency is just, I mean a very strange you know sort of uh, a relationship um, that that I think a lot of people are just not aware of exactly sort of how that works um, and, and I'm just curious to like learn about just on a base level like how that works but but you know I'm also curious because you know, I, I know and some of you guys, you know, probably know that, you know, 
in other states, um, like here in Idaho, we have the ability to, uh, you know, we're, we're able to install rooftop solar because of um, net metering, right? But in, in other more progressive states, um, you're actually able to lease your rooftop to a company that will just come in and uh, install our solar panels without any upfront cost. Um, and then you're essentially buying energy from a different utility company. Um, and, uh, and most of the time at a significantly lower cost than what the public utility would be charging you. You know, that's something that conservative states, politicians in conservative states have um, fought against. And so I'm just wondering, like, how all those connections, like, play out and, like, what influence, like, conservative Republican politicians here in Idaho have on the Public Utilities Commission and on Idaho Power? Um, I'm a recovering lawyer, um, and I spent my entire career in the public sector, um, 18 years of it working for the Attorney General's office. I was never one of the attorneys at the um, Public Utilities Commission, but um, am very good friends with a number of them um, and have been all of my career. Um, I know that the Public Utilities Commission is a very independent entity. The commissioners are appointed for very long terms. They're very highly qualified. Um, and, you know, yes, they, get, they, they don't get lobbied um, like the legislators do. But, um, you know, yes, everybody gets to come in in front of the Public Utilities Commission and, and make their case. Um, but the Public Utilities Commission is pretty far removed um, from political um, um, influence. Now, you know, a few years ago, I don't remember how many years ago, there was a move to, quote, deregulate power in Idaho, and it failed. Um, and so, yes, over the long term, things can happen in the legislature that might affect the Public Utilities Commission, but the Public Utilities Commission is pretty insulated um, from political influence. And um, I think, you know, they've, they've had, they, they often have a very, very difficult job because there are, um, there's a lot to be said on either side of some of these issues. Um, and, you know, they have to make sure that that the power companies don't don't go belly up, um, but they also need to make sure, and they also need to make sure that um, that any everybody can afford to pay for what they're getting, um, and it's it's a tough balancing act. But I think um, over the course of the of years, that they've done a really pretty um, spectacular job of of balancing those difficult um, those difficult me, um, issues. My follow-up would be like. I mean, first of all, like, are, are you guys aware of these, like, rooftop leasing programs? And if so, like, why don't we have that? Like, I mean, clearly the economics is there, right? There are companies mm-hmm. that have a economically viable business model where they're saying to an individual, lease me your rooftop and we will install solar panels up there and we are going to make more money off of the energy like we're going to produce more energy than you need and therefore we can sell you that energy at less than what the public utility can i think part of what's going on there is we're a pretty small market in idaho you know we're about a million and a half million six six hundred thousand uh if there were 10 million people in idaho i think you'd see more of a move toward that these these companies that are doing that are concentrating on the areas where they can do it right now I think it'll come eventually to Idaho. It's not legal in Idaho. No, I know. But, yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I'm trying to say, you know, like, is it just a coincidence that 
politically conservative states, it's not legal to lease your rooftop to solar companies, where in politically progressive mm-hmm. states, it is legal to lease your rooftop? I mean, there has to be a connection between, you know, the public, you know, the, the public utility commissions in these states and the, the conservative politics, you know. Yeah, I, I think it takes a long time for uh, ideas and, and uh, attitudes to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idaho Power, and, and by the way, Idaho Power isn't the only power company in the state. Uh, the other, other two power companies as well, they've been around for a long, long time. And certainly they have some influence, and certainly uh, the, the legislators and probably to some extent the PUC are used to doing things in a certain way. It's going to take a while to get those ideas out. But I think that uh, groups such as Snake River Alliance are, are saying, hey, we've got an idea. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're working the Public Utilities Commission and Idaho Power mm-hmm. uh, in a friendly way uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe like my final sort of discussion question for us to think about is essentially this whole Solarize the Valley campaign, the goal is to make rooftop solar more accessible um, to your average person here in the Treasure Valley. And, you know, certainly we've talked about examples where it, you know, it certainly has uh, made rooftop solar more accessible. It's made it accessible to me. It's made it accessible to, to you guys uh, here sitting in the room. But it's not accessible to everybody, right? I mean, if you're a renter, if you're a low-income family, it's still probably not not within reach. So, I mean, I, I guess what I'm wondering is, like, like what other ideas, what other concepts, you know, are, are, are we thinking about here um, that might allow uh, renters low-income families to uh, get access to, to solar energy? Uh, and I mean community-based solar energy. Well, as far as renters go, that's the Idaho Powers, um, you know, uh, solar plant where you can buy shares in that. Um, uh, you know, it, probably low-income people can't afford to do that either. Um, but all we can do is what we can do. And those of us who can should. And... Um, you know, I, I don't know what else, you know, I don't know what else, to, <laughs> how else to solve that problem. But, um, you know, it, it it requires some amount of commitment yeah. um, and some amount of fiscal ability. Um, but it's not just for the rich, um, because Rick and I certainly do not fall into that category. Um, we're like a lot of the middle class. We probably thought we were upper middle class at one time, and now we're probably upper lower class um, based on our income but you know it if it's important you you make think you make it work and um, the best we can do is I think is try to make it as affordable as possible it will continue to get more and more affordable as technology improves mm-hmm. um, one of our neighbors um, who is really interested in solar is actually thinking about using the solar shingles um, and giving you know giving those a try because he needs a new roof anyway um, but, you know, solar is a lot less expensive now than it was 10 years ago. Um, and it'll probably be, the technology will probably be cheaper and better in another 10 years, too. So, Oftentimes, uh, the, uh, conservative philosophy is letting the market decide on a lot of these things. And I think we're really seeing a lot of that happen. Certainly, this is a regulated market. And that means that you, you have to hire lobbyists to get things done and so forth. But... The market is deciding. I mean, look, look at the look at the jobs that are out there now. We hear a lot about the returning coal jobs to the United States. Well, that's it's probably not going to happen. Solar is outpacing coal by I don't know 
how many factors right now as far as job creation and, and other forms of, of uh, renewable energy. So I, I, I'm just optimistic, even, even though we live in a, and have always lived in a very conservative state, I think it's going to turn around eventually. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to deny some of these new ideas. So the interest in solar is definitely not uh, based on your political affiliation. And uh, people came into the SolarEyes program and people became SolarEyes customers from across the Treasure Valley, Ada and Canyon County. And, um, of course, we didn't ask them what their politics was, but just from, you know, the reasons that they gave, uh, there was a big variety. And because there's economic reasons, there's environmental reasons, there's home improvement reasons. So so that's that's good. And, but, the, but at the end of the day, what the Snake River Alliance is looking for is – 100% clean, renewable energy. And that doesn't mean that everybody has to have their own solar panels. It would be a combination of people who are in a position financially and uh, feel like that's where they want to put their money into putting on uh, solar panels on their own roof. Certainly everybody can work on making their homes more efficient. Everybody has a, a part to play in not using as much power. And Idaho Power is a big participant in that, and they will help you reduce the energy that your home is using, and they will uh, give you LED light bulbs for your home. So, And the other utilities are also. And, that, and part of that is because the Public Utilities Commission is, is requiring them to do that, and that's awesome. And Idaho Power is going to divest of its coal-powered plants. And at that point, if they are continuing to increase the amount of their portfolio that is a clean and renewable, then awesome. You don't, you know, you don't need to then put on your own solar panels to be able to uh, turn on your air conditioning and, and not feel like you're giving some kid asthma or killing salmon, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, you, you end up, um, there's a lot of different ways to get to the point where we're going to have a, a clean and reliable power source in the future and not be burning fossil fuels, which are ruining our climate, and they are, um, they're not renewable. They're going to run out. So uh, it's, it's really awesome to be able to be doing SolarEyes and to be able to be, uh, and we poured almost a million dollars into the local economy last year and created Micah's job and other people's jobs. So that's really awesome. Um, and, uh, and, and people being able to have solar panels right now, it meets a lot of needs. But it, it's not like everybody has to have solar panels on for us to get to a solution at the end of the day or for any individual person to feel like they are playing a role in making you know, the world and our community a better place. Lots of options. It's awesome. If people want to sign up, they have until July 31st www.solarizethevalley.org and they can visit our website, that same website and read a lot about it and look at pictures of people's homes with solar panels on it and we really are here to educate people and, and, and help people uh, gain access to, to clean and renewable energy. I just want to make one other comment about, um, about public utilities. Um, Idaho Power is a lot like a lot of other very large companies that when they started, their job was to sell the electric power that they were generating in Hell's Canyon. You know, about 15 or 20 years ago, it occurred to them that the cheapest source of power was, was savings, was um, reducing use and conservation. 
And, you know, the, it costs a lot less to produce a kilowatt of energy by saving, not burning it, than it does building a power plant or a coal-fired plant or putting in a new dam, which, you know, is not really happening these days. But sometimes it takes takes these entities a long time to realize that their business wasn't selling energy, selling electricity. Their business was creating a grid and figuring out different ways to fill that grid with power that people wanted. And that doesn't always mean generate, sell, generate, sell, generate, sell. Um, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of, well, IBM, you know, thought the only thing that they were in the business to do was build big computers. And it turned out that that really wasn't what, you know, over course of time, that wasn't really what they were in the business of doing. And, and I think Idaho Power, you, you, we see it, but we see it slowly, like we do with all utilities. They have to kind of get out of the idea that all they're doing is generating and selling, um, that, that they actually do have a product but that, you know, they have to, it has to include conservation. It has to include a variety of ways of creating it. Uh, it's not just this gigantic hydro thing that we've got all this power that we're generating from hydropower and we've got to sell it to somebody. Um, and, and it's, you see it slowly happening. I mean, you know, when they decided that conservation was a viable way to create power, it was, I think, a huge breakthrough um, in the way that we do business. And and now they're looking, you know, now they're building solar farms to generate some of their power. They're mm-hmm. taking their coal plants offline. Mm-hmm. They're taking them offline sooner than they intended to because it's co- too costly to mm-hmm. run them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, these things do change, but they change slowly and incrementally. But they're changing in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the difference between, you know, a company like Idaho Power and IBM is that when IBM is too slow to make the changes that its consumers demand, then it goes out of business, right? But Idaho Power is insulated from that, you know, because it is a publicly regulated monopoly. And I, I think that is the key difference is that, you know, it's, it, that, that's almost a disincentive in my mind for them to, mm-hmm. to not change, you know, or, or, or to not adopt those changes as fast as they possibly can, you know. Um, but, I mean, the, the larger point that both of you just made, I think is, is really valid, which is that, you know, rooftop solar is a really important piece in this puzzle of solving the much bigger issue that we're trying to address, but it's not the only solution, right? And that by itself is not going to solve some of these really big picture questions that we're talking about, like climate change. Um, so it does, it, you know, it's, it's one of these issues, like many, many issues in conservation, where the problem has to be attacked from a lot of different directions in order to ultimately solve it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate all of you guys uh, joining me for this discussion, and, and I really appreciate all that you're doing. Each one of you is playing a different, really important role in this Solarize the Valley campaign, um, and, and I think it's really important. So a big thanks to all of you. Um, Rick and I also bought a plug-in hybrid, and so that's running off of our rooftop. So now when we're driving around Boise, we're putting out zero emissions. Yeah. And, but- we, you know, and that would have been a little more expensive to have done if we weren't generating, you know, all of our own power. So it enabled us to do take one more step um, toward, you know, cleaning up the environment and you know, trying to slow down climate change. 
absolutely, and that's that's another piece of that puzzle, right? Is transportation, right? And tra- it's and they're all interconnected, right? Because the transportation system can benefit from these rooftop solar programs. So, absolutely. Another way that everybody can participate and be part of the solution, and again, you were talking about you know low income people, renters, students. Well, if you're 18, you can vote. So you need to get down. You need to be registered to vote, and you need to participate because the people that you elect are the people who are setting these energy policies and are appointing the people to the Public Utilities Commission, and uh, as well as voting and uh, communicating with your legislators. You can also uh, communicate with the Public Utilities Commission. You can communicate directly with Idaho Power to get the overall policies changed. So you don't need to be rich or influential or anything like that to be part of this uh, grassroots advocacy that the Snake River Alliance and our other fellow organizations in the Treasure Valley and organizations across America are working hard. And so nobody should feel hamstrung because they, you know, don't own their home yet or they, you know, aren't ready to put on solar panels. There's plenty of things you can do to uh, really per- help us pursue and get that 100% clean and renewable energy. We, we all deserve. Absolutely. And thanks for that. Yeah, that's another critical piece in that larger puzzle is um, getting people registered to vote and making sure they actually show up um, to cast that ballot. So another really important point there. All right, that was our conversation about rooftop solar in Idaho and the Snake River Alliance's Solarize the Valley campaign. Thanks for joining us. As always, if you enjoyed this conversation, you can check out the show notes page for this episode at wildlensinc.org slash EOC128. You can also subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or just about anywhere podcasts are distributed. If you want to help new people discover the show, you can leave us an honest rating and review on iTunes. Just search for Eyes on Conservation in the iTunes store or follow the link on the show notes page. The Eyes on Conservation podcast is a production of Wild Lens. Today's episode was produced by myself, your host, Matt Podolsky. Our theme music is by The Humidors. The Humidors.